0: Good morning, Africa. In today's episode, we look at the recovery of the alcohol and beverage industry. Is e-commerce the ticket to return to pre-COVID numbers? Good morning, Africa. Welcome aboard your pulse and everything business in Africa. I am Rutha Dong. For more, follow us on Twitter at the K Financial, and you can find me at Rutha Dong. It's no question that the COVID-19 pandemic changed the ways consumers across the globe spent their time and money. With most forms of outdoor entertainment banned, for most of the year 2020, intersecting sectors like alcohol and the beverage industry took a hit. According to the International Wines and Spirits Research Drinks Market Analysis, total beverage alcohol volume decreased by negative 6.2% globally in 2020, impacted by near-complete shutdown of bars and restaurants around the world. Though an unprecedented downturn, the 6.2% decline was less than previously forecast. Several factors ultimately helped the industry last year. Acceleration of e-commerce, up by 45% from 2019 to reach $29 billion in 2020, and strong at-home consumption in key markets. Alvin Bugua, outgoing managing director of Uganda Breweries Limited, says the alcohol and beverages sector had to be creative to survive the pandemic. This meant business agility in response to the changing consumer shifts and emerging channels. The closure of bears and entertainment venues and other restrictions necessitated by measures to curb the spread of COVID-19 pandemic affected not only the customer base, but also led to both local and global supply disruptions. He speaks to us about the key components that have kept the beer industry not just surviving, but thriving. In the results posted by Uganda Brears Limited for the year 2020, Revenues grew by 33% year-on-year, with beer and spirits both recording double-digit growth.
1: It's always about thinking ahead, creating that future, and then ensuring our consumers then immerse into that future. And I think that obsession of always creating that future, even before the consumer can think about it, is then what makes us then become rhyme in line with the times. And we know. But we have to connect to the consumers of the day. We have to build brands to the consumers of the day. And we have to have the most appropriate channels to the consumers of the day. Essentially, beer as a sector is currently about 65 to 66% of total beverage. Remember, you have wines, you have spirits, you have local brew, and all these other formats play into that format space. So when you talk about beer, it's about that 65% of total alcohol. How is it shaping occasions? How is it shaping consumers? But don't forget that 80% of tax contribution comes from beer. So the bread net of beer in terms of driving value chains, contributing to the coffers is much bigger than spirits. Sometimes you can import the spirits, but beer, we must grow the grain, whether it's in Kenya, Uganda, or Tanzania. And the farmer must come from our own soil to ensure we succeed in giving you the brands that you need. Local raw material is the fact that went, is the the thing that held us together to go through COVID. Local raw material sourcing is what is enabling us enrich and change lives. Local sourcing and local material sourcing is what is enabling us to have a seat at the table in the government. So for me, local sourcing is so important because it's our license to exist. If we don't recruit more farmers, grow more cereals, then do you really have a seat at the table? We don't.
0: While the Global Report says e commerce played a monumental role in stemming a decline in alcohol revenues. Alvin argues that in Africa and using Uganda as a case study, internet penetration and smartphone ownership become a stumbling block for the growth of this distribution
1: channel. So let me explain this. So how many consumers have phones in Uganda? You'll see maybe 70% of the adult population have phones. Of the 70, how many of them have Android phones? Like this one, the fancy ones that are listening to me, you will discover that it is only about 3%. So if you look at 70% of 3%, you end up at uh, 2.1% have the phones that can do e-commerce. Now those 2%, how many of them consume alcohol and have an interest of buying it through a phone or going to a shop when they're doing their normal weekly shopping? You realize another percent. So when we did the numbers, it came to about 0.1% of our consumers would prefer to use a digital. In this season alone, in, we grew the distribution of our brands by 47% in the COVID times because channels have changed. People will go to their local for markets. People will go to their local stockies. The whole idea is I have X number of consumers, I have X number of brands. The channels don't really matter. I know there's a lot on e-commerce and it's very trendy and it's something to hook onto, and we've done something around it. But the fact of it is I still buy my bread and milk from a shop. So allow me to also access some of your brands when I go to the shop. If I can't, you lose out because not all of us have 100 points.
0: That was Alvin Bugua, Outgoing Managing Director of Uganda Breweries Limited. Now, if everything goes according to plan, the new forecast from IWSR show that global alcohol beverage is showing positive signs of recovery and is projected to grow in volume by 2.9% by the end of 2021. By 2023, IWSR expects total beverage alcohol consumption to return to pre-COVID levels, with consumption steadily increasing through to 2025. Now, a quick review of other stories. The Nigerian Communications Commission has renewed MTN Nigeria's license. The licenses renewed are for the Unified Access Service and for the Spectrum license for wireless local loop in the 900 MHz and the 1,800 MHz burned, subject to licensing conditions including additional amounts under discussion. This means the licenses which expired on August 31st have now been renewed for a further 10 years, effective the 1st of September. (music) INM Group has injected $5 million to farm up capital of its recent acquisition in Uganda's Orient Bank. This is even as INM seeks out additional second-tier capital to farm up the operations of its recent acquisition, which opened doors for the group's lending operations in the market. Earlier in April, INM closed the acquisition of the lender at a cost whose finality awaits the completion of an audit that closes in the coming weeks. INM Group is presently rebranding the outfit ahead of its integration to its larger regional lending outfit, which includes INM Bank Limited, IM Bank Rwanda PLC and Bank One Limited in Mauritius. The Kenya National Treasury met its local borrowing target through bonds for the umpteenth time after its September infrastructure bond issue received 151.3 billion Kenya shillings invested bids. This is against an initial target of raising 75 billion Kenya shillings, translating more than twice the figure sought out by the exchequer ministry. The heavy subscription for the IFB was, however, widely expected, with the paper's attraction being its tax-free status. The increased appetites have led to an uptick in turnovers for the secondary bonds market on the Nairobi Securities Exchange, a section comprising largely of issued government paper. The Central Bank of Uganda held a $500 billion two-year and 10-year Treasury bond auction that was well covered and yields cleared at averages of 10 and 13.5% respectively. Thank you for waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of The K Financial. And if you have any suggestions or you just want to check out more stories, visit our website, that is Kfinancial.com. and don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at The K Financial and you can find me on Twitter at With The dong.